This episode is brought to you by CEP Compression Australia. CEP Compression brings the user more energy, greater endurance, and enhanced performance during activities. For a discount at CEP, use the following code online local legends in running. Welcome to the Local Legends in Running podcast, where you hear the stories of local legends in the Australian running community that you've simply always wanted to hear. Today in Season 2, Episode 2, I chat with New South Wales and Victoria runner, Brooke Williams. Brooke burst onto the running scene back in 2012 when she raced the under-23s Adepec 10K champs. The following year, she went on to compete in the World Mountain Running Champs in Poland. Following 2013, Brooke had a five-year hiatus from the sport coming back in 2018, only to learn that she'd been diagnosed with congenital heart disease. Of course, with the diagnosis, she took some time off again, then had a baby, and ironically was informed that her condition had improved in 21 and returned to racing at the end of that year. Believe it or not, it was her fastest 5K ever. So with this story in mind, tune in to hear of the inspiration that Brooke reveals in this particular episode. Yeah, that um yeah, five years ago. Yeah, so before I'd had Huddy yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I've turned it all off, so yeah, it should be good. Cool. All right. Well, let's get into it. Okay. Welcome, uh, Brooke Williams, to the Local Legends In Running podcast. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate your time. I'm looking forward to it. It's the 28th of January, 2.12 p.m., my time. I think you're in Baruga, New South Wales, which is an hour yep. ahead. Is that correct? So about 3.15-ish? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah awesome. Right. And uh, a long weekend for you guys down there too with Australia Day this weekend. Did you celebrate that in any way? Um, not really. My husband loves the hottest 100, so he yeah. went down to the river, had a few too many beers, so that was entertaining <laughs> last night. <laughs> um, they changed the day, but though, yeah, didn't not. They? Yeah, they have. Yeah, so um, a few years ago that would be me too having a few drinks down the river. <laughs> But um, yeah, I had had my son, had Huddy, so we just hung out, went to Cora for the day and yeah, just hung out. Bit yeah. different life thing. <laughs> yeah, but long weekends get runners excited. Have you been out there this weekend for a run or two? Um, yeah, did a session on Friday morning, so that was really good, just around the farm. Um, and I had, yeah, I'm just getting ready for Hobart in three weeks, so just preparing for that one just for a 10K, so yeah, getting a bit of training in. I had COVID recently, so I feel like I'm still coming back from that, which is a bit annoying. I didn't expect 
the comeback to be so challenging, but yeah, it can really get some people. So yeah, yeah. it varies, doesn't it? That's a, it's a shame. At least it's kind of off season, so to speak. Maybe, uh, I know you do a few track runs though, but I guess it's uh, around that Christmas new year time. Yeah. I feel like running just cause I feel like after Melbourne, it goes down a bit. Everyone gets really excited about Melbourne, but then there's sort of like a slump and then it's usually about, about now when school holidays are finished, everyone starts to get a bit more excited again and prepare for like Ballarat. The Ballarat's a new one, actually. Everyone's getting ready for that or like Great Ocean Road. So yeah, so yeah now it's such a pickup. So now it gets exciting. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Hey, we're talking off air too about your PBs and things we share in common. And uh, one thing was that you're slightly faster than me in everything, basically, uh, bar the half marathon. So um, <laughs> I am looking forward to hearing about that. And it may have been the Noosa run last year i'm not too sure that you did uh, about 81 i think is your pb for the for the half um and the other one too is uh is our kids or kid for you i think one isn't it yeah yeah three-year-old and, and i believe had a birthday earlier this month is that right yeah the third, third birthday yeah 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 so what about uh, that's exciting yeah <laughs> yeah three-year-old i really like this age this is a good age. I find it's, yeah, it's just really fun to hang out with and he's just talking more and yeah, it gets excited. <laughs> oh, it's a crazy time. Yeah. Uh, late February is uh, my son's birthday, Flynn. So yeah, oh, okay. forward to that, but yeah, he's certainly a wild character and uh, I think I can hear him <laughs> in the background now trying to get to sleep. Oh. It's not, not one of his strengths. If we talk about strengths on here for anyone, for him, it's not lunch loops. <laughs> <laughs> it's a hard one to get right. <laughs> It is. It is. Hey, so back to that Noosa um, conversation I just spoke about. Were you there last year at the half marathon? I've got a memory of passing someone that either was you or looked awfully like you. Yeah, that was me. Yeah. I usually do Great Ocean Road in May, but I thought, nah, I want to do something funner. <laughs> and um, I saw that one on the calendar and I thought, why not? My parents, um, they love Noosa and with kids, it's so much easier if the parents come so to try and race. So my mum and dad were like, yeah, sure. We'll come to Noosa. So yeah, I thought I'd give that one a crack. I really enjoyed it. It was really flat. And, um, it was a tiny little bit quieter than like the other big ones, usually the ones down in Melbourne. So, um, but I really enjoyed it. Yeah. It was a good, good event. Yeah. I think yeah, they sent off the women uh, first, didn't they? Because, um, yeah, either way, otherwise you were ahead of me because I passed you at some point towards the end. I'm uh, not sure if you were, um, halfway through a blop towards the end, or if it was just a natural speed of me being a little bit fast overtaking you, but <laughs> it was on the way back out actually. And it's sort of a two lap course, isn't it? From memory, uh, two yeah. by 10 ish K. And uh, I think I'd seen you yeah. out there heading out about halfway on that, uh, that second last sort of length, um, out of Noosa. Yeah. Yeah, I blew up at about 8K. <laughs> I was coming, I got an illness right before that run. Um, and I was like, oh, I'll just, I'll just give it a go, see what happens. But yeah, I, I didn't, I just blew up at about 8K. But yeah, it was still a great run. Really enjoyed it. Great no, weekend. Sure. Yeah. And uh, funny enough, um, a good friend of mine, Narissa, who's been on here, won that event. I believe you were third or fourth from memory. Is that right? Yeah, third. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, she had a great race. Yeah, well done to her. Yeah, it's a good event. I've just signed up for it actually yesterday. Will you be back there for this year? Yeah, I'm going back. <laughs> Definitely. Okay, yeah, it was a good there. one. Yeah, I reckon I'll do that one every year. It was awesome. Yeah, get some redemption, hey? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, that's good. Hey, uh, I'm looking forward to this um, 
interview for a few reasons. Number one is that uh, just being a lady in general, I haven't had my ratio of men to women on here is uh, definitely in favor of men. And it's always oh. funny looking at the listeners too. When you have a lady on the podcast and you look at the gender who's had a listen in, then women uh, certainly increase in numbers. So I'm sure there's oh, some ladies go. out there looking forward to that. Um, but also uh, being a mother too. And we just spoke about Narissa. Uh, she's a Burt runner here in Brisbane with myself. And she's also a mother to three, actually three kids, which is oh. amazing. And yourself to one. So it's always interesting hearing those stories around like, you know, pregnancy and and birth and how the running went after it before it and all that kind of stuff. And then the last one is probably kind of a prompted to actually get you on here was uh, a couple of nights ago, I'd sat down for a, a glass of red wine. Actually, I think it was on the night, maybe Thursday night before the long weekend. And I was scrolling through Instagram and, and see a story about Rook about this uh, heart diagnosis, congenital heart disease about oh, six, five, six years ago as well, which, um, I'd like to hear more about and the listeners about how that experience has been and, and how that's traveling to this date too. So there's heaps here. I've tried it. My, my uh, word document of notes here is uh, definitely crammed full of um, <laughs> a number of topics. So see how we go. Yeah, sounds good. Now it's been definitely a really um, big roller coaster and a massive journey. So yeah, looking forward to getting into it. <laughs> right. Well, let's hear about Brooke. So we've got some background, hey, and, and, uh, we can sort of understand where you're coming from and let's get off the track, so to speak, and talk about things about you. We've spoken about your three-year-old um, and I believe you are a married lady seeing some wedding photos when I did a bit of stalking, yeah. which I normally do with <laughs> guests on here. <laughs> yeah. So, and that, um, yeah, just talk to us about, um, yeah, when was that sort of the marriage and then, yeah, the birth of uh, your firstborn, which I assume was uh, back in, what, 21? Um, yeah, so Riley and I got married. Um, we were so lucky. We got right in before the the lockdown. So oh, okay. it was like 2020. Um, I think it was Valentine's Day 2020. And literally, I think we were meant to go on a honeymoon to Bali, but we cancelled it because literally a month later, all lockdowns, all weddings cancelled. So we got right in. <laughs> and then every other wedding of our friends were just, yeah, was um, not allowed to happen. So yeah, that was early 2020. And then I fell pregnant with Huddy not long after. Um, and yeah, but I've moved here from Geelong. I'm a Geelong girl. So grew up in Geelong. My family moved out to Torquay um, in when I was 18 years old. But when I was about 18, 19, I, I started uni. So I didn't, I wouldn't consider myself a Torquay girl, more of a Geelong girl. <laughs> um, but yeah, then once I finished uni, um, I moved out to Baruga, oh, Cobram. Um, which is like the other side of the river. Um, and I got my first job as a PE teacher and that's when I met Riley and he was right. just too nice to leave. So <laughs> I just hung out here <laughs> and um, I really, I really like living here. Yeah. I miss talking a lot, but um, yeah. So yeah, that was about, I think that's nearly, that was 2013, I think. Yeah. So a long time. Yeah. 10 years I've been here. Yeah. Still don't yeah, feel like right. a local. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, speaking of that, I was looking up where you live for someone who lives in Queensland being myself, but um, you're way down. This is the border to Can to not Canberra, to Victoria, isn't it? Yeah. So I live on the border. And of, way west. Uh, yeah. So uh, it's like really high. So if anyone's heard of Shepparton, it's about an hour um, north of Shepparton. Yeah. So on right on the border. Yeah. yeah. And we're on the South Wales side on a farm. Yeah. 
Right. Yeah. Do you hear come up in, uh, in the world of athletics, Australian world anyway, of athletics? Is there a track or event there of some description? They've got a really nice um, athletics track that's brand new. Yeah. Um, and it's nice and blue. And um, <laughs> uh, they have, yeah, their own um, athletics club that they're, they're, they're emerging. They're going pretty well. So, so yeah. Yeah, that's great. The blue tracks are becoming a bit more common these days. There's one up here in Brisbane, which was uh, designed, I think, for 2000, uh, Sydney 2000 Olympics to host some oh, athletes okay. out here, obviously far north from Sydney, but it was built about 99. And I just reckon the blue tracks are, have uh, boomed a bit in the last sort of five, 10 years. Yeah, there's something about them. I feel like they just sort of look a bit, I don't know. I think sometimes with the sky and I don't know, the, the green grass. It looks nice. <laughs> Definitely do. Hey, um, away from running then. So anything else that you are into? Obviously, you know, when you ask a mother that question, that can be naive sometimes because uh, your identity can often change quickly to just being a mother. But do you find any time in the week with running and mothering and work to do anything else other than those things? Um, yeah, I try to be as social as I can. Like I really, um, like going down to Geelong, having a wine with my friends, um, from high school, um, try to catch up with them. Um, but yeah, in between running and, um, coaching and that's running's a big part of my life now with the coaching and everything else. Um, but yeah, in between that, I really like to go out for tea, love pizza, love burgers, (laughs) Just love going out to restaurants and yeah, having a glass of wine with friends and yeah, that's about it. <laughs> awesome. I'm glad you're finding some time there, uh, especially yeah, being a husband to a mother and uh, knowing about time being precious. Uh, that's interesting. Yeah, you need your so, downtime. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So if we touch back on, we're going quickly back to running, which is um, just a natural thing sometimes on a running podcast. But if we go back to the... <laughs> coaching just talk to us about I I didn't know about that so do you work for someone is it your own business online or in person how does that work um yeah so it's all online and um, I started that about a year ago um and it's yeah my own business called inspire run coaching and um yeah so I've really enjoyed that over the last year it's sort of grown just started off with mainly running but um I'm a big believer in doing a lot of strength training and pilates I'm pilates trained strength trained um and yeah, I really believe in how much that can support your running and keep you not injured. So um, through a portal called Trainer Eyes, I uh, create workouts every week. So strength circuits and Pilates circuits and yoga circuits, and it's all done through that. So um, all my runners will get their running sessions, um, like tempos and interval training, and then working towards a race. But they also get um, yeah Pilates and Pilates workouts, strength workouts, like new ones every week. So yeah, so that's what I'm doing at the moment. And um, I'm also a nutritionist as well. So I do nutrition um, on the side as well, sort of links up with a lot of my clients too. So, yeah. Okay. So which one's the, which one's the breadwinner out of the two jobs? Which one's giving you the the most <laughs> access? How can I say this appropriately to finance? <laughs> um, I think they're a little bit equal now. Oh, yeah. Right. Okay. Definitely. Um, I'm more motivated or I love the business side of with the nutrition um, that was something, yeah, that I sort of learned, um, through my own experience. And I just, when I did my course, I was just gobsmacked about, you know, all these stuff I was learning about carb loading and the role of carbohydrates and how different it is sometimes to what the general media is putting out there. And, um, especially with runners is so important to, to be fueling and refueling and for recovery and everything like that. So 
I just learned all this stuff and I was like, oh, I have to share this. <laughs> and um, so I really try to push that message like in my Instagram, just like about how important it is to fuel and and everything like that. But yeah, yeah, they're about equal at the moment though. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Love right. them both. Doing well then. And uh, so you mentioned teaching a while ago. So, so what sort of study did you actually do for nutrition and where to, to upskill and learn about it? Um, yeah, so I went to Latrobe and did nutrition, food nutrition course there. Yeah, so I yeah. went back to uni online um, and then yeah. I did a sports nutrition course as well. Um, but yeah, that was, so that was, I started that 2022, yeah. And I was able to fast track some of it um, because I had done my PE course as well. So I did, I did a bit of public health nutrition through my PE course. So I was able to transfer a lot of it over, but yeah, it's been really good, really enjoyable. Very different to teaching and having a business is extremely different to teaching. Um, and some days, like especially towards like the end of the year, I really miss teaching because it's like all that all that fun time of the year where you're wrapping up and, you know, it's just it's a lot of fun. You have that, you know, community vibe. Mm. Um, but, yeah, a, a, it's good. It's good for having children too to have like uh, business uh, online and business, uh, your own business. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder how uh, how flexible would you feel being a teacher now with a three year old? A bit more difficult. Oh, working it'd be full -time. so hard. <laughs> I keep thinking about that because um, one of my friends, she's a teacher. She's like, "You've got to come back. It's good now." I'm like, "Oh," and then I think about like the actual logistics of it all, and I'm like, "So I'll run here, and then I'll run at lunchtime this day," and I'm just like, "It's not going to happen." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we spoke up there about um, teaching and me being one of them. So if you if you ever up this way uh, in your life. Get in touch. Oh, yeah. Get in touch. Yeah. I, I might need to get in touch with you with the online coaching, starting it myself uh, this year and looking to get people on. Oh, okay. Too. So, yeah, no, it's such a it journey. Yeah. <laughs> now, let's get to your running times and PVs. Um, your 5K and 10K are actually posted to your Instagram, I think. Is that right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, there. it's at the 5K sits at 16, 14, and the 10K is 3430. And I just reckon, like, that they both make sense. If that, make, if that makes sense, they both sort of align, as in one doesn't look too weak uh, to the other. So, you've got to be speed in the legs and, um, and can retain. 10K, <laughs> I reckon, is the hardest event. Anyone, anyone wants to argue? I agree. You? It's just like I agree, so actually. fast for a decent amount of time, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's it burns. It it it's hard. <laughs> it feels like a half marathon. Yeah, I don't know. I've never been able to get it right. I don't think it's it is a hard one. When you think about it, our best ten k runners in Australia, they're all marathoners. So I, I really think that the ten k is is more like a endurance, you know, type of strength. Yeah, particularly now. Uh, and Pat Tiernan's just um, recorded. Was that a top three or second? No, second fastest time of yeah. all time in the marathon for men's being predominantly absolutely a 10k sometimes 5k runner and brett robinson's yeah. there and and uh and now heaps of ladies too i'm being biased towards the yeah. men you'd probably tell me a few names very quickly <laughs> who's trans jan gregson for example is one i can think of uh who's transferred yeah. now well to the marathon and for you though if we head back there uh the 3k was at 9 32 and the yeah. half 81 60 so just talk to us about roundabout dates that you did these and uh yeah where they were and and how they went um so for the 5k um that was at box hill um it was extremely windy day too so i was everyone said to me you'll definitely go sub 16 next time <laughs> just don't have that wind um but that was that was early 2022 so i had a great 
year 2021 after I had Huddy, um, had a very consistent year. And then um, that sort of kicked, yeah, gave me such a boost to go into the next season for Ats. Um, but yeah, I did I did the Vic Champs, I think, in November before, yeah, that race in, in March um, and ran a PB 1636 and then put another block of training in there by March. I ran, yeah, 1614. So so yeah, that was yeah two, early 2022, and then I think it was about two weeks later I ran the 3K. So I did went down up to Sydney for the 3K champs, Australian champs, and um yeah I ran the 9:32 there as well. Um, the 10K that was the same year too I think, um, but that was uh, yeah it took me a while, bit of, bit of work to get that one. Sort of had to have a massive winter to to get that one. I kept running like 36, 35 minutes and just couldn't really crack 35. Mm. Um, but yeah, that, that was the same year too. Um, that was, um, at Melbourne at the end of the year. So, so yeah, so I think that was what's when's Melbourne October. Yeah. Yeah. It's big milestones for, for those who aren't great at maths at sub three thirties. So yeah, it's around about, uh, what, three twenty eight, three twenty sevens. To yeah to get that it was hilly it was hilly so it was like some k's were like 320 some are like 327 so yeah it's a hard one the Mel- melbourne yeah yeah so the five and ten on the tra- uh sorry the five on the track and the three on the track and the 10k road have i got that correct yeah and yeah what do you prefer? I've done- um i don't know it's changed now i actually prefer the roads now <laughs> Now I'm getting older. It's just, it's really hard to get to track races. They're usually at like on a weeknight, like 9 p.m. So I think like as Huddy's getting older too, it's just better to just, I like to race and have, make it a weekend for the family now. Um, So I'm definitely more prefer the roads, but I used to love the track. I did, before I did those PBs, I was training with um my friend, Victoria Mitchell. Do you know her? I she's a C- name, no. Yeah, she's, um, she's been to, world cross Olympics, two Olympics. Yeah. She was really into the steeplechase. Yeah. So she moved to Mansfield. Um, and then we decided to start training together in Shep. So when I had her in my corner, I was training with her pretty regularly. I was able to run heaps faster because she was like a rabbit for me. (laughs) She was doing her four hundreds in like, you know, sub seventies and yeah, yeah, she just loves to train fast. Yeah. So, um, I think that's what really helped me when, before I ran those, those times on the track, but, um, uh, yeah, I think, I think the track, I love the track. Um, but yeah, it's sort of a love hate as well. Cause it's just, the timing's annoying and it's hard to get, hard to get consistent with it. If you're not really living in Melbourne too, makes it hard to get to those races. So, but yeah, I just yeah. love it all. <laughs> well, the thing with road running too, is that particularly being a lady, you get more depth, you know, that you, it's usually yeah. mixed on, on the road. And then gender based on the track, not always, but often. And then in Queensland, we're struggling at athletics events with women. Like we had three women in the 10K championship event uh, two years ago, which I was there uh, for the men's event. So separate women's event for, you know, 30 to 40 minutes with three women. Uh, So you compare that to the road where you can have uh, thousands of runners, particularly again, as a lady chasing the men. Yeah. It's so true. And now what I do is I'm not really, I'm not afraid anymore to like toe that line. And if I look at someone like a guy who I think would be good to run with, I sort of just like, Hey, (laughs) like so many times I've been like, 
hey, what pace are you running? <laughs> and he'll say like 3.30. I'm like, cool, let's run together. <laughs> I just think that's so, it's so, it's, we need that more with elite running, like to not be afraid to be like, like we should all be really working together, you know, like why not? Yeah, exactly. And, um, yeah. Even at park run, I do it. If I see someone fast, I'm like, hey. <laughs> yeah. And, well, you're at the pace now too, <laughs> where you can probably trust the men. Like if, you, if you're a male yeah. two running that time, which I'm, I'm close to you, you're probably consistent, but if you're running like, you know, 36, 37, 38, it might be those sort of really fit footy guys or, or yeah. sort of accidentally <laughs> fart like they run the whole time and they're going back and forth. Yeah. But you can probably trust some of the guys now. Yeah. And I've learned to just don't go near anyone young because they're either going to go real hard <laughs> at the start and then blow up and then, you know, you're done. But um, yeah, someone who's a little bit, you know, a little bit older, looks a bit more mature and experienced. You, yeah. then you just like hey. well, coming from a guy too I, I think that women are often better at pacing i don't know why don't know yeah why, from the start mm -hmm. they tend to pace themselves better and i think men are just a bit silly sometimes head out too quickly <laughs> yeah it's anyway, a hard the, one um, i think yeah. yeah yeah for sure hey the half marathon then so that 81 um you mentioned um at the start was that at noosa last year yeah. So that was, yeah, that was at Noosa. I actually had really great prep for that one. I ran a PB like just in training over the 10 in a tempo. I think I ran like 34, 20 or something. And I was, I was starting to, it felt like that pace felt okay. And thought I could even get into 33s. Um, and I had like, yeah, really consistent training, but then yeah, I had that, this really bad illness and I was out with training for, I think 10 days and then um, the, the morning of that Noosa race, my heart rate was like, yeah, 180 by or 185 by 8K. And I just don't think I was recovered yet. So <laughs> I sort of was just like, just get to the finish line. <laughs> but um, but yeah, that was a good race. I really enjoyed that one. I think there was like, there was Beth in the race just to, to, to start. And we were sort of like, um, yeah, like she was going ahead. Then I was sort of catching her and we we're sort of to and froing. Um, but I think the heat also got me a little bit too. I wasn't expecting it to be that, that the humid. Jeez, you um, are from, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought that was a, per honestly, perfect day as a Queenslander. Perfect running. Oh, really? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Slightly from being very picky, slightly too warm, but yeah, it was about yeah. 15 degrees. It was a bit later. So the sun was sort of prevalent the whole race, but yeah, I, I found it comfortable anyway. <laughs> yeah I really liked the environment like it seemed really really friendly I remember thinking like oh people people in Queensland are just like really happy yeah the <laughs> they're one just like downfall, stoked yeah, yeah they definitely are but the one downfall is they're sort of overtaking the marathon and half are running at the same time and oh yeah it's the ones who are caught up and the ones who are having lots of fun often are sort of uh, moving around or wearing a headset headphones and not as um yeah engaged as some that of those more hard. serious runners it is a hard one to get right yeah to race and that's yeah. so you surely you want to bring that down i spoke about earlier if i'm being honest that 16 14 and 34 30 10k align well with that half marathon that's that's surely going to come down isn't it? <laughs> that's that's the outlier <laughs> it's like what are you doing out there <laughs> um yeah i just the, the longer stuff doesn't come naturally to me i have to really work hard for it um, so yeah, this year I'm going to have a, have a crack at a few hearts. I'll go back to Noosa, um, might do great ocean road, but I think it's just a matter of just, just having, sometimes like you can just, 
it's just a matter of just keep turning up, you know, sometimes you just have a great day and it's, it's not really like in your control sometimes, you know, you just, just got to keep trying. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Hey, um, we'll move on to this sort of running story, find out about what early life looked like for Brooke, but I, I want to sort of um, set the scene before we do so with the achievements you sent through to me, because I'm sure we'll get to them in detail uh, when we get to you post sort of high school into the adult phase of life. But just to let the listeners know um, the quality here we're talking of, um, when we mention that word, often we uh, think, well, hang on, there's always someone faster, right? But uh, you're up there for a lady anyway. And now in, in, it's hard to define elite, but um, surely that word is uh, synonymous with you now. But you ran in the under 23 Australian 10K champs 2012. That must feel um, a few years ago now for you. But that that would that was the Zadapec, I believe. Yeah. And yeah. then represented, you might need to correct me on this unless you sent through a, a typo, but it, you'd written represented Australia at the World Mount Championships 2013. Yeah, mountain running. Yeah. Mountain running, right. Love to hear from that soon. Second at the Athletics Victoria. Um, It's AV down there, isn't it? It's QA up here. So AV 5K champs in 2021. So that's a bit more recent. Um, But you said you're super proud of being a part of the Sydney Nationals. I think the three and five are in that. Uh, And then that uh, that Noosa Bolt field is always a tricky one to get into and not not embarrass yourself and and sort of be up there (laughs) with the the pack. And uh, Sydney 10... K2, you'd sent through to me with a uh, fourth place. So there's some standout ones there. Uh, sorry to excite you a bit to get you thinking about them, but we'll come back to them. Let, let's get to the early days. Uh, where, where, so, yeah, where were you born? Were you born in New South Wales? Are you a New South Welsh uh, woman, so to speak? Were you born down there? <laughs> uh, no, definitely not. I'm, I'm very Geelong. I always have a spot, soft spot for Geelong. Um, I feel like if you're a Geelong person, it's just – some weird things that are that happen in Geelong like the weird Christmas tree and Darren Lyons and like these bollards (laughs) and um yeah I just always have a soft spot for Geelong but um yeah uh born in Geelong and um yeah grew up uh it's sort of in a Geelong and then yeah like I said before my parents uh, moved out to Torquay when I was 18 um but went to high school at Clonard College in Geelong so it was all girls high school um, and I was always the girl from, from about fif- the age of 15, I just had a real strong interest and love for like training, nutrition, all of that. Um, and I started running probably, yeah, when I was about 15, my parents had a treadmill downstairs, like near my, near my bedroom. And I remember every morning I made a promise to myself, I'd run 3k every day. So yeah, even, yeah, even at that young age, I was getting out there and logging the miles and then um but I love netball and everything too so I was really high highly involved in netball always gave it all the sports um a go at school um and then yeah probably just kept running and then I was in when I was in year 12 so I was like 17 I started running about I was running about 12k a day so it's like 70ks a week when I was 17 (laughs) and um yeah I just loved running I just uh was really interested in um, wasn't really involved in athletics. So I, when I look at some of the girls that I race against sometimes, like, or like hear about their, um, their story with running, like they seem to have d- done little athletics and done athletics Victoria a lot, done all the old school stuff. Like I did really none of that. I sort of always like won my cross country at school, but maybe went to the next two stages, but I was never really in a squad or a training group or anything. It was more just like, I loved fitness. I was a real 
gym bunny. Like I loved gym. I would like go, even when I was like 17, 18, um, I'd sign up and do like two classes a day. I'd do like one in the morning and then do body pump and RPM. And I did all these courses too, did Pilates courses. Like I was just going crazy, but <laughs> yeah. So I, was, I think I more come from that sort of background where I just loved training and I've always had a real strong love for training and learning about it. And I, it just it seems to be like something that I never have um, lost the love or passion for. I can read and read all about it and keep learning about it and, I've always enjoyed like creating programs and everything like that. Um, so yeah, so that was, that was the Geelong life and then um, moved. I went to uni in Bendigo. So um, that was when I was like 18, 19. Um, was it 19? Yeah, I was 19. And then that's when I did PE teaching and that's when I got more into running. So I was mainly like doing netball, um, but it was when I couldn't really train for netball anymore because I had moved away so I thought I'll sign up for the Great Ocean Road Marathon. So that was my first ever running event was a marathon. I just decided I'm going to do it. And it sort of came, yeah, pieced together back from that. Like, so I did that marathon and I did, I think I ran three hours 20, but I remember I just loved it. I loved the whole thing, like the environment of it. And just, I remember like being in the race and it was a little bit hilly and I was trying to chase everyone and <laughs> like ch chase trade uh I was trying to chase packs of I saw these like men ahead and I'd catch them then I'd catch another group of men and I just really enjoyed it um and from them there I sort of started to like inquire more about you know how do I actually get better at this running thing and then I started to you know start coach do some coaching um joined running groups but they all said to me um and these are running groups with like really advanced like older men in them they're like what are you doing running the marathon you're like 21 <laughs> um why don't you start doing like you know even a 1500 or a 5k um and then come back to the marathon later so that's sort of what I did and then um was yeah 2012 um uh I came back went on a holiday with my family and I was like oh I'm gonna get give it a true give it a bit of a crack um and did a proper training program and then by the end of that year, that was when I ran, yeah, my first Zatapec. Okay. So, yeah, so I was, I was 20, I was 22 and um, I had to actually done a training session and it indicated that I would do, run the, the 10K in about 35, 36 minutes. And so someone emailed in and said, hey, can you put Brooke into Zatapec? Just give her, give her a go. Um, but that was probably the race that made me understand or, it sort of just like opened up my eyes to a world I knew nothing about. I was like, oh, this is like elite athletics. Like this is really cool. And this might sound really weird, but I feel like when you like step on that track, it's just a feeling like it's just a vibe, especially like Lakeside Stadiums, like just gives you such a thrill because the lights and it was just electric. And I just, I had that feeling for the first time. And um yeah, I just remember lining up, um, towing the line with girls like Jessica Stenson. And um, there was a girl named um, Neely Spence, who was an American athlete who was really well known. I'd literally been reading about her in a magazine like about two months prior. I remember thinking, this is crazy. Like, I'm funny. Who am I? And um, it was really cool. And I think from that experience, it just really lit a fire in my heart. I was like, oh, you know, I can see how if you work really hard at things, like you can really take this all the way and there's just so much opportunity and it's different than just doing it for yourself. Like, yeah, it's, it was crazy. So 
Um, but yeah, there was a, at the end of the race, someone from Victoria came up to me and they were like, oh, how old are you? I'm like 22. <laughs> They're like, oh, um, you've won the national championship for your age group. And so that was cool too, because I got to stand up on the podium and experience that. So that was definitely like the catalyst for wanting to keep pushing and and give it a, give it a bit of a crack and see what it's all about. Yeah, so if we backtrack a little bit to more so to high school and particularly being yep. a, a young lady in high school, was there role models in your life, friends, like uh, girlfriends that is, as in female friends, um, any female figures, mother, role models, coaches, teachers that sort of influenced you to get into running? Or do you think it was just a kind of an innate thing that you wanted to be active? Really interesting. My group of friends they do not like running. <laughs> like they're not interested. So it wasn't necessarily like a friend's influence. Um, they almost like made me feel dorky for like loving this running so much. Well, that's the thing. Um, like, yeah, you're sort of closer <laughs> to my age, approaching uh, mid thirties. And back then, particularly for girls, it's a bit better now. I am a teacher. I can talk firsthand about it. I've seen it out there, taught both boys and girls. And there's still a little bit of a disparity naturally with the boys being more active and involved. But Again, it is much better now, but back then I just felt like sometimes girls were treated, um, not the way they should have, if they were so into it, uh, you know, yeah. being active and, and be, being into running even, which is a, an uncommon, even to this day, not as popular sport too. Yeah, it's so true. It's really, there's a lot more exposure these days, um, especially like on social media and everything. But, um, I would say that my mom was probably my biggest influence, like, my mum was the sort of person that was always going to the gym. Um, she had friends and they were like her running buddies. So they'd join up at the Troop Loop um, in Geelong. And I just have so many memories of um, her having these running friends and going on um, jogs with them. And my mum was really involved in netball too. So I think that she was probably my biggest influence. And then um, I just did things too. Like I joined, um, uh, I started working for Fernwood Fitness, which is a female focused gym. And I think just like being exposed to females, watching them come in and check in while I was at reception and seeing them, yeah, train and just see like that you can, um, I guess, yeah, train really hard and work hard for things and uh, also being becoming close to the other trainers in the gym too like see how seeing how they manage it all with their family and everything um yeah I guess I was exposed to just more like that yeah really positive influence of um training and and life and yeah yeah that's great uh anyway yeah. let's let's get to the world what's it called world mountain championships they were 2013 right yeah. how's your experience there um, yeah, that was really good. Um, I was just thinking about that actually. I've got my little timeline here, but um, <laughs> yeah. So after that Zatapec race, that was like just prior to that year that I did the world mountain running, but, um, I did like things like I went to Falls Creek and trained with, mm. um, a few of the elites up there. So I felt like, um, after that race, I got a bit of like a huge shock of like what the elite training and what that elite life is really like. Like, and it was really hard. <laughs> I remember thinking like some of the runs, I was like, oh, wow, at this Falls, is really yeah. yeah, at Falls Creek. And then um, I did things like the World Cross Trial um, and then did the 5K Nationals that season. And then, yeah, I ended up um, going to the trial for the World Mountain Running Championships and came second. And back then it was top four 
um, qualify you for the team and they were competing over in Poland. So that was my first um, first experience like making a team. And then uh, I didn't have the greatest prep. I sort of um, fell into a hole a little bit. I had um, uh, iron deficiency and didn't have the greatest prep for that race. I ended up DNFing at the at the event, but um, it was still, I feel like it was a good experience. It was almost like I experienced Zatapec and then I experienced the next level as well. Um, and yeah, that was, that was really, really great. It was really cool to experience that, um, you know, got to experience it, making a team and the, um, opening little ceremony thing and all of that. It was just cool to connect with other runners too, that you had a lot in common with. So, so yeah, that was really good, but, um, it wasn't long after that when, um, yeah, I moved to Baruga. So I think it was, yeah, a couple of months later, um, I decided to, and I ended up having about five years off. So I didn't run much for about five oh, years nice. after that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so if we just backtrack a little bit to the world mountain running, was it a, yeah. so what, yeah, what's the terrain like distance, terrain, elevation, how did that fare on that course? So back then um, it used to alternate. It was a championships that was every year and um, it would alternate between an up year and then an up down year. And I was better on the up down. Um, so it, it was 8K and I think the men, the men were 12K. This is back when like the men and the women would run different races. So men was 12K, which was usually like three laps of an up-down course and women were two laps of an up-down course. So in Poland, yeah, it was an up-down. Um, and this was really hilly. Like <laughs> um, if you just imagine like a hill, like going up a ski slope, like the most steepest hill you could think of, it was, it was like that. And there's not really much of that in Australia. So <laughs> it was really crazy to, to, yeah, to go up. <laughs> the down was awesome. And I've always been good at the down, but yeah, the up was just, it was just like a hike. Like women were just basically hiking up and then running down. So um, yeah. And it was, it's so hard on your legs, like to train for something like that, like for mountain running, you almost have to be doing like, you know, the bike, the spin classes where they turn the thing up so hard like you know yeah. what I mean you, you're like just grinding through like you've just got to be so strong and it's not really about pace or anything it's more just about like yeah just keep moving especially on the uphill so so yeah so that's what it was back there then there was the junior races um and then the well I was in the open races but yeah men was 12k women were 8k and yeah very hilly very rocky very rocky yeah, so, terrain. Yeah, so very different to cross country. Like a lot of these races, literally yeah. sort of one mountain, you go over a mountain and that's it. Yeah. Or around and it now it's different. Yeah. It, the championships is a bit different now. They have like an up championships and they have still have the right. up down. They even have a down now. Like um, a it, it's, it's moved within with, uh, it's called the mountain and trail championships now. So yeah, we're talking like single track, like, it's yeah, it's it's very much like um trail and uh very rocky terrain and yeah, super hilly. Yeah, right. <laughs> Nothing um, like track. Nothing like road. <laughs> completely different. Completely different yeah. sport. Yeah. So anyway, let's get to um uh to clarify firstly, your your Instagram yeah. indicates the date of ninety. I'm assuming ninety ninety is your birth date. Yep. Yeah, which makes yeah. you thirty four this year therefore yeah. you finished well not finished you had a, a break from running about 10 years ago in your mid-20s so what happened there yeah 
Um, I actually, I feel like I had a little bit of a burnout from it all. I think that maybe I just got exposed to too much too soon. And yeah, I, um, moved to Brugge. I got my first teaching job and then, um, met my husband and we were just probably just drinking too much beer, to be honest. (laughs) But I feel like I just really needed that break. Like, I feel like I just had other stuff and other goals that I wanted to sort of achieve, like outside of running. Like um, I really wanted to have a good stint of of teaching and get a few years of teaching under my belt. So that was sort of my focus for those couple of years. And anyone who knows your first year out of teaching, like it's really full on getting used to that lifestyle. And yeah, (laughs) it's really, it is tricky and it's a whole different lifestyle. So you've got to really, um, I just feel like I wanted to put all my time and energy into that. Um, I still trained, like I still was doing the thing where I was creating my training programs and going to the gym heaps and playing netball and stuff. So I was still active and um, yeah, would do like maybe 5k a day and stuff like that. But yeah, during that time, I just, yeah, drank too much beer to do a sun, sun, Sunday long run. <laughs> um, had, had big Saturday nights, but um, I really appreciate that time in my life. I feel like I yeah, it was just, it was just important for me. Um, and, and yeah, but it was 2018 where I sort of got the itch to come back. Um, I was 28 and I thought, oh, if I have a baby in my thirties, I should probably give it a crack before that. (laughs) But if I I always had like sort of a, like an inkling or thought that I would get back into it. Um, and it was actually a comment from my principal that sort of, uh, kicked, kicked me up the butt. He said to me like, oh, <laughs> this is at the primary school I was working at. He was just like, did you really like run fast? Like all those years ago, sometimes I don't believe it. Yeah. And I remember yeah. I was just like, you just wait, I'm going to prove you so wrong. <laughs> and, um, um, he was really nice. Cause he supported me quite a lot, um, through that, but, um, yeah, at the end of that year, uh, had a really consistent year. And um, at the end of that year, I ended up beating my early 20s self. I ran 1640 for the 5K. Um, so I started training again in January and by November, yeah, I had run a PB. So um, yeah, it was about, uh, did the Vic Champs. I came fifth at the Vic Champs, ran 1640. And then things are looking really good. And I qualified for Zatapec again. So all these years later, after all that beer, I thought <laughs> that was honestly really like I was gobsmacked that I was running that fast. I was honestly, I did drink a lot of beer. So <laughs> I, was, for those I, was, I was thinking, I was stoked. I remember thinking like, are you serious? Like I've really had a huge break and let it go. But um, yeah, it just shows like it's never say never. Like you, there's always, there's never, you're never too far gone. You know, you can always work yourself back if you do the right things. Um, and so I qualified for Zatapec and then, um, it was one week prior to Zatapec that I found out about my heart condition. Yeah. So yeah. How did that come about? Had you noticed it running or in general day life? Was there blood Um, that popped up somewhere that showed something or how did that come about? Um, so yeah, it was about a week before Zatapec. So, um, yeah, hadn't run Zatapec since my early twenties, really excited to run it again. And um, I just hadn't been feeling quite right for a couple of days. Um, I had an iron infusion not long before that. Um, so I just felt like that something was off. We had a school excursion too. So we were out and about all day, really hectic day. Um, but I thought I'll just get this monofartlek done. I had monofartlek in my program. Um, I'm one week out from the race. Uh, I'll just do it. And then like, then I'll go home and rest and because I wasn't feeling great. Um, and then, so I was running and, um, nothing had indicated anything about my heart ever in my life. Like 
like I just said before, like I've always been super active, but um, yeah, just very hot day. I think it was like our first hot day in November. And um, I said, I'll just get this training session done at the end of the training session. I don't, I don't remember much, but I do remember sort of, I just was on the ground and I couldn't, I couldn't get up. And I just felt so ill that like even just lifting myself up for a second um, was really, really hard. Like felt like a huge effort just to lift my body. But I did the session on an oval and there was cricket nets about probably about 60 meters away. I had somehow got their attention. I must've like got enough energy to wave and scream or something. And they come over and thank God, um, they sort of put me um, in the footy rooms and then because the footy club was right near it and got me into the showers and everything and cooled me down. And they had called an ambulance and the ambulance, um, they came in with an ECG machine. And it was then that they saw that my T-wave inversion, so this is just part of your heart graph when they check your heart, um, that it was deviated. So it was going down instead of like going up. And so that can indicate sometimes that you've had a heart attack. So that were pretty concerned that, I, that I'd had a heart attack. Um, I got into the ambulance truck and then got transported to Cobham Hospital. And by that time I had gone blue, like the shade of my skin, everything was blue. So I was really, and I was conscious for this part actually. So it sort of yeah. came better, but it was really, really scary. And I just could sense this, like there was a real sense of urgency with everyone around me. It wasn't, mm. you know, sometimes you go to a hospital and everyone's really calm it wasn't like that at all. So it just made it even worse. Um, so yeah, that was really hectic. They had done all these tests to check for the um, for the heart attack, but they couldn't really make a clear um, conclusion of what had happened. It seemed just like something was going on with the heart, but we didn't quite know. So they gave me fluids and by then I started to come good. I had some food and was feeling okay. They said, oh, we think something's going on, but you seem fine enough to go home. So then I went home that day and then I had booked in to see a cardiologist the next day. So um, at that stage, I'd done all that. I was probably home at about, you know, 1, 1 a.m., I think. And I still still wanted to run Zatapec the next week. <laughs> I was like, you know, oh, this is really weird what's happening. Like, I'll, you know, I'll just get the opinion from my cardiologist. But I've through it all, I still really remained extremely upbeat and positive towards it all. And, um, yeah, tried to have like, a you know, a, a forward momentum with it. Um, I ended up going to the cardiologist. And then uh, he was immediately like, no, like you probably, you're not running this event. Like you can't run anymore just for now until we find out what's going on. And then it was a case of just like so many tests I've never heard of. Um, I had to go down to Melbourne and do a nuclear perfusion test. So they put, yeah, the nuclear into your bloodstream to check if there was any kind of blockage or if I had had a, had a heart attack. Um, and then I'll never forget because that test cost me about $2,000. <laughs> it was insane. <laughs> Um, and then I had to do a halter monitor is where they put the ECG, you wear an ECG machine, a portable one for seven days straight. And then, um, someone analyzes what was happening, like when you were sleeping, eating, exercising, everything like that. I could only walk at that stage for that seven days. So, um, eventually pulled out as Adapec and was trying to get all this right. After a few tests, I had, um, a, a serious, uh, like, a, a appointment with the cardiologist and this is the this was the appointment that I will never forget for the rest of my life 
uh, all these tests were coming in and they, was, they weren't really clear about what was going on. I didn't know what, uh, what I had. Um, and I didn't know that this appointment was going to be turn out this way and I was going to get told what I was told. And so I went down to the appointment by myself. So I'm about, I'm about three hours from Melbourne. So a three hour trip to Melbourne. Um, and I walked into the room and the cardiologist said, now this is going to be really hard for you to hear. So you need to sit down and you need to listen. And I was like, okay. Um, and he explained all this really well. It was really respectful. He, you know, um, he had so many sheets of paper to explain it all to me, but he's like, um, we've come to this conclusion that you have this thing called hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. So it means that like the heart, the wall of your heart is too thick. You have this condition that's hereditary. It can't be cured. Um, and he's like, unfortunately, you probably won't ever run again. And when he said that, like my whole world was just like, I just couldn't explain the feeling, but I didn't want to show that that to him and cry. So I was re remaining really upbeat at the time. And I was like, okay. And um, he just sort of, he had a, I'll never forget. He had a piece of paper and it had a table on it. And he explained that how um, exercises like strength training or um, like power-based activities, they increase the blood pressure and it can affect your heart. So it can cause you to have a cardiac arrest. And then um, there are other exercises, everything that I love, like running, you know, triathlon, uh, netball, all of those sports, they can cause cardiac arrest too, because like the stress of the heart and everything like that. And so he said to me, now you can do these exercises. He said, you can play golf, you can play lawn bowls, <laughs> or you can do yoga. And then I, I just, it's like, what? Like it was for, for me, that was, you know, some people, when they hear about this story, they just think, oh, who, it doesn't matter. You can't run again. Oh, well. But for me personally, to hear that was, it was just everything to me. Like it was, I just couldn't believe that this was happening to me. Um, and because he was really nice and he was explaining the reasons why I just took it all on. And, um, yeah, I had, he's like, you know, you're really lucky. Everyone kept saying that to me. You're really lucky that something didn't happen that day on the oval. Like, you know, you're so lucky that you've found this, you've found it now. And um, yeah, so then he did say though, like I kept insisting, I was like, oh, is there any chance I could get back into it? Like, um, I really love it. You know, like even if it was just 5k easy a day or 2k, I don't mm. care. Like, you know, just, I love it so much. And he was like, look, probably not. We wouldn't advise it, but um, there was a, a big list of uh, tests that I had to go through to analyze the risk. So there was like genetic testing, had to do a cardiac MRI that had like a nine month wait list for, um, I had to do more, um, halter test, a stress test, uh, echocardiogram. So there, once they had got all the information and the genetic testing can take a while too, once they had got everything, then they could make an, an a more of a bit of a risk assessment, um, to, yeah, to see if I could run again. So that took a long time to get through. And then once, um, so I left that appointment and I actually had to drive straight to my grade five, six graduation <laughs> straight after this appointment. And I remember being in the car and as soon as I closed the door, like I cried, I cried for the whole three hours, mm -hmm. drive back to America where I was working. And I just couldn't stop crying. It was honestly one of the, the hardest times in my life. And then it was just there, it was a massive pro, um, like thing to deal with from there, like to, um, to process 
um, I ended up going to the graduation and yeah, I, I still remember to this day, like a parent asked me how my running was going and I just burst into tears and yeah, I gave her a hug, I think. And yeah, it was just, it was just really, really hard. It was such an interesting time too, because I just had so many different feelings that went into finding that out. Like I was on one hand, really grateful that I found it out, um, you know, so that I know now and like something bad didn't happen to me, but also there was just so many things. And probably the the worst thing that I felt was so much regret. I just remember just thinking, why did I take those five years off in my twenties? <laughs> or like, you know, like, why didn't I give it a true go? And like, there was parts of running that I really struggled with, but I never really, you know, um, thought that people could help me. Or I never was a bit ashamed to like ask for help with certain things. Um, and I just, I, I, I just was kicking myself. I was like, why didn't I go and do all these fun runs and go up to Noosa and do that race? And you know what I mean? Like I just, I had a lot of regret and I just remember thinking like, I'm going to die and I'm not, my parents aren't going to watch me race ever again. I'm going to die. I'm never going to know if I can run a marathon. Like that's it. And then that hurt me so much. And I was just, yeah. But then uh, it ended up being a bit more positive. So as I was working through that and um, it, it took its time, um, I was actually starting to start to feel really upbeat about it. And um, I did things like, um, become a Pilates instructor. I did courses to sort of like, I started to change my mindset that if I can't do it myself, I can coach others to do it. Uh, I can, you know, still be involved with sports and, and training and everything like that. So I was sort of, and I did started um, working with Heart Research Australia and fundraising for them and do, just to distract myself and keep it positive. Um, but my tests started coming back really positive. So every test I was doing, like all the halters were saying nothing's happened. Like it doesn't even look like you've really got anything wrong. Um, genetic testing, uh, there was no genetic reasoning for it. So if you've got a genetic reasoning for it, can there is more of a chance of a cardiac arrest. Hmm. Everything was looking really well. Um, cardiac MRI, if you've got, that can show scarring on the heart. So if you've got no scarring on the heart, that's really positive as well. Like less of a chance of a, an arrest. So anyway, um, nine months later, um, they, all the tests were coming back really well. And I had my final appointment to, that would make the decision of whether I could run again. And so I went with my original cardiologist and he sat me down and I was bracing myself, fingers crossed. And he was like, I'm still going to, I'm still going to say no. Like, I just don't think it's right. And so I was like, okay. He said, but I do know a friend, um, one of my, he specializes in HCM, which is your condition. All of his clients have HCM. Um, I think you should go and see him. And then that'll be the final call, I think. So I was like, okay, so I've got, this is like my last chance. And by then I had started to be like, okay, I'm okay. I will be okay if the answer is still no. Like, you know, I'd sort of gotten past it by then. Um, but I'll never forget this day too. <laughs> but he, so this was in East Melbourne and, um, I walked in there and I knew I'd like him because he had a big a Geelong cat sticker on his door <laughs> and he had just told me that he'd been on holiday in Port Douglas and I love Port Douglas. So we got along right like straight away, <laughs> but I honestly just felt like he got me from the start. Like when I walked in, I just felt like he really understood me as a patient and as a person and he knew like how passionate I was about it. And anyway, he was very, he's a very chill bloke. He was very relaxed and it's not, uh, it's not common that a cardiologist is like that. This, they're usually like pretty serious people, mm -hmm. but, um, you know, have the top button up, but <laughs> he was very relaxed. So I liked him, but, um, he sort of sat back in his chair and he was like, 
he's like, oh, you're one of my best patients I've ever seen. And I was just like, what are you talking about? Like his approach was so different. And then um, oh, he was like, yeah, like all your tests are great. Like, yeah, it doesn't even doesn't even seem like you've got anything wrong really he's like I do want you to just do one test so do you mind just jumping on this treadmill so I had to do one more um stress test and then um he's like I said to him do you like I think you're about to tell me that I can run and he's like yeah (laughs) and I just remember like the feeling I had I was just like are you kidding me like just the whole meeting just went so different to how I thought it was going to go. Like it was negative on top of negative for so many months. And then he was just so chill. And, and once he said that I could run again, like it was just a feeling like no other, like I basically like paid for the appointment, skipped down the street. Like I looked like an absolute idiot. (laughs) And I just remember calling all my family members and um, I just said, Oh my God, I can run again. Like, this is crazy. I never thought this would happen. Like, can you believe this? So I drove from Melbourne. I was meant to go home, but I went straight to Torquay and I went for a run. <laughs> <laughs> wow, what a story. So what about now though? What's what's your state now? Is it monitored in any way? Has has it disappeared in in that kind of realm? Uh, to be honest, it did take me quite a long time to get confidence in my body. Like that first 5K was so nerve-wracking. And, um, I think I ran it in like 30 minutes or something, (laughs) but, um, yeah, it it did. Uh, it took me, I reckon about eight months to even do like an interval session. So I was just really easy jogging so slow, um, and just really monitoring it. But, um, and that's what he sort of said to me. He's like, just take it easy. Like, don't, don't push it. Um, but yeah, I've never had an issue since it's like, I just don't even really have it anymore. Yeah. I just... I've gone back for tests and been a bit nervous and stuff uh, about certain things, but it always just um, linked to maybe I was just unwell or something. I wasn't even linked to my heart. So, so yeah, it just, I just got, got to run again. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. So I'm trying to put timeline together. Uh, I'm sitting in front of a bit of information here saying you were second at the, well, I've read, actually I read this out earlier um, and I've forgotten already, but anyway, um, the, <laughs> 5k champs 2021 av champs that is where does that sit you must that must have been before you had your child hudson yeah so just after um i can't remember i was actually pregnant with him no just after i found out yeah i i got (laughs) pregnant with uh got married and then um had huddy uh got pregnant with huddy and because i had just when I was went through that process at nine months where I couldn't run or train or I wasn't even allowed to get my heart rate above a hundred. Like that was how I couldn't do anything. Um, I was starting to feel like in my teaching job that, um, you know, I just wanted to get out there and train again. I wanted to, to become like a fitness instructor again, because I just, I was felt like it honestly felt like the world was like, Hey, I'm going to take this thing that you love so much away from you. Oh, but now you get it back. So make sure you, you just go crazy now and do, <laughs> do the thing that you love you know? So I did, I ended up, um, I was pregnant and that's when lockdowns happened. So we were doing all the online teaching and that really wasn't for me. So, um, I like got my maternity leave early and I finished at that job early. Um, and then I, we have a shed in our, on our farm, that's about 180 square meters. And I decided to open up a group fitness studio, female focused group fitness studio and I taught about 20 classes a week while I was pregnant. <laughs> so I was teaching like spin classes, body pump classes. So I just got right back into it. 
And because I just, yeah, I just had that, that time where I just had so much regret and, and missed it. Um, so yeah, that while then I had Huddy and then I continued to do the gym um, and all the classes after I had him. And it, yeah, it was the end of that year um, once all the lockdowns had stopped because we weren't allowed to compete through 2021 a lot either. Mm. Like I remember I kept signing up for like Gold Coast and all these races, but they just kept cancelling. So I didn't actually get my first race in postpartum until November. Um, and I should backtrack about to how um, I got onto Mona as well because he, weird twist of fate that like I was doing the Mona fartlek and I fainted <laughs> and then he ended up coaching me, you know, like I always think that's so crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. And yeah, that's such a well-known session that he created that caused yeah. that, but then he was coaching you. And so this was, yeah. this was tw- at the end of 21, was it? Yeah. So um, during the lockdowns, I had years ago, I had added Mona on Facebook. I remember thinking like, he won't add me. Like he'll just say, no, like, who's this weirdo? But <laughs> we were friends on Facebook and I, he wrote a post and he said, um, if anyone's interested in some coaching, I'm going to create a coaching group next year, like during the lockdowns. And I messaged him and I said, oh, Mona, I'd love, you know, for you to coach me. However, I'm pregnant. So um, after the pregnancy, would you be interested in coaching me? And he's like, yeah, sure. So I think Huddy was about three weeks old when he, we had our first like Zoom meeting. And I still remember um, something he said to me that I think really like lit a fire in me. And like, it was just, it was just something special. I remember he said, he was like, he said to me, um, he's like, Brooke, you're a great athlete. And this was coming from the goat. You know? <laughs> you go. I, I was like, just left the hospital three weeks ago. I was just not, not feeling athletic at all. But I remember he was like, you're a great athlete. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, you know, he really believes in me, but he also said something that really made the comeback and the journey. So, um, so yeah, just, it just made it really special. He said, um, it's all well and good to be positive and, and upbeat at the start, but you're, you're going to have waves where it is going to be harder and it is going to be tougher than, you know, than you think, and I'll be there for you and we'll ride the wave together. And I, I think just the first that he said the first thing and then that, it was just I knew that, like, he was legit, you know what I mean? And this is just going to be something pretty cool. So, um, so yeah, so then he coached me through um, through to that race, like, to into November, and um, he was actually at the race too. So it was um, – and that was, like, my first comeback, not only after being postpartum, but there was also that night that year beforehand where I couldn't train mm. because of the heart. So this was like two years off and it was bloody hard. Like <laughs> there were some days where I was like nearly crying on the treadmill. Like <laughs> it was just really hard comeback. And, um, you know, I was lucky that I had a lot of support around me to do it. And, um, and yeah, but it was that, that race at the, um, the Vic champ. So yeah, Mono drove down too and was at the, um, at, at Lakeside stadium and, um, and yeah, I remember I did the race and felt really good and didn't know where I was going to place. I'd sort of been training had been indicating I would run 16 something. Um, but yeah, so finished that race and I look like an absolute idiot in the photos. Cause I've got a smile from ear to ear. And <laughs> I just remember like finishing the race and giving Mona a huge hug. And it was really special. It was just like, it wasn't just, you know, Vic champs, like just a race, just another race. Like it was just that whole journey behind it was 
like it was just crazy it was it was just amazing and that was a pb at that stage so the fact that i could run faster than my 2018 self after the you know not running for five years but then i, I ran faster than faster than that and i also ran faster than my early 20s like it was just like yeah there's no there's no limit you know there's no threshold you can just keep doesn't matter how old you are or how much time you've had off or what's happened mm. you know you can always do the hard work it's there yeah there's hope for anyone getting older or having or planning <laughs> to have kids or a lady absolutely inspiration right there <laughs> so um we've got 10 minutes on the clock here and i okay. want to try and stick to that uh about <laughs> um what is that yeah an hour and something um Anyway, so how how does this year, like, and and sort of last year, if we use that as a lead in to this year, how does this year look in terms of your racing? You mentioned Noosa before, like, what's your training week look like now? Uh, more so in preparation for events coming up in 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 this next sort of running season. Um. Yeah. So what I like to do is sort of sometimes have um like a block, like have like a six week training block where I'm high mileage, like modest style of training has always been like pretty high mileage, obviously the monofartlek quarters um, and then like a fast, yeah, park run or something on the weekend um, and doubles and everything like that. So um, I think what's worked for me in the past is, yeah, doing like a six weeks where not racing much um, and then just like building from that and then going into a phase or a bit more lower mileage and then doing a race like every four weeks or so. So yeah, that's what I'm doing at the moment. I've just um, picked out a few races for the year and basically yeah, just doing a lot more road now. Yeah. So I'll try to do um, Noosa and um, I'm doing Hobart run the bridge as well. Yeah. So a few 10K road races. Um, I actually really like competing in Tasmania now. It's been really fun. Yeah, it's a beautiful <laughs> But yeah, I think, I think it took me quite a while actually, um, especially over the last three years, just to work out what the best um, like as a mom, especially like what, what makes sense, like with competing and running and everything. Like, I feel like I'm a type of person that needs my family there to enjoy the race. I've gone to races by myself before and, um, it's just not as enjoyable. Yeah. I need to, I'm a sort of person where I race better if I'm social and I'm talking to people. And if there's like an athlete dinner or something on, like I really thrive on that. And, yeah, I feel like I just I just race so much better if it's a if it's a weekend somewhere that's really different and and a bit more variety. Yeah, so I think I'm I'm gonna do that this year. It's just yeah, go to diff somewhere different every month and and do a race. Um, I, I might do the um the five k nationals, which would be really cool to be part of. So that'd be like because that'd be Olympic trials. So so yeah, I might jump into that. But yeah, I think the road races is is a good choice. Yeah with that's family <laughs> and how fast can we go in the half do you think what's what's the goal time for this year and in years to come um i think i'll just take it one race at a time yeah i think um i don't know i i think i could do like hold 330 pace like yeah um that's it can be pretty comfortable for me so i've just got to so what's that is that like 75 yeah it's about 75 ish so, yeah you'll uh yeah well. i think just chase, just chase me or, or maybe you might, might yeah. be ahead of me with that actually 330 <laughs> but yeah I think um I think like I said before so I think sometimes it's just a matter of just you just got to keep showing up like sometimes you can have a bad day sometimes you you know you have a good day I think as long as you just keep showing up you never know what's going to happen so I try not to I try to be more like process oriented now so instead of setting 
time goals. I just set process goals that might get me to that goal. So I'll just say my process goal might be doing, um, okay, I've got to do one hill session in a fortnight. Like that's going to eventually get me to like running faster because I feel like I've also been in the trap in the past where I have set too many outcome goals and then it just sets you up for disappointment or sometimes things are just out of your control too. Like you just can't, yeah, it's get running a PB is hard. It's it's a hard thing to get right. <laughs> you got to have so much and you can't control, like you, you can plan all you want. You can over plan. You can try all these training programs, but at the end of the day, like you just, you just can't, you just got to, prep the best that you can before the race and then just go out there and try and run fast. Yeah. Yeah. Especially yeah, when you're a parent and working full time and um, yeah, you've, you've hit the nail on the head, the routine and consistency. We'll get you, you just there. can't. Don't even get me started on the daycare illnesses. I'm talking <laughs> every yeah. six weeks, I reckon. Yeah. I've been, <laughs> like I've been, I've been there. I've been there. <laughs> Yeah. And, uh, look again, I spoke about having a lady on here on the podcast. I've had less of them and the listeners tend to be in favor of being a lady when this happens, but yeah, hopefully, uh, your conversations can inspire, uh, them as well. It's kind of thriving here in Brisbane at the moment. Uh, I'm seeing many, particularly young women in their twenties out there running. It's a bit cooler. Uh, there's so many run clubs now around Brisbane. I'm not sure about your sort of side of town or, um, even Melbourne for example, but, um, it seems to be going pretty well. Yeah, no, it is. It's really good. And I think like, I think a lot of women, like they just need to believe in themselves, you know, they just need that one person, just like I had with Mona, that was just like, you're an athlete, like you're, you know, runners work hard, like running is hard. If you can run, that's phenomenal. It's fantastic. Like it's a huge energetic demand on the body. Like I feel like I, yeah, sometimes when I coach, I just think, you know, they just really just need someone to just be like, you can do this. Like, of course you can. Like all it takes is consistency. And yeah, the first first three weeks or four weeks are bloody hard, <laughs> but then it just gets you stronger. You know, it just, uh, it's just that weakness leaving your body and then you get strong and then it just becomes easier. And then you're so, you just can't believe what you're doing. So I feel like, yeah, it's great to see so many, so many more women get, get into it now, but um, yeah, they just got to believe in themselves. They can do it. There you go. Inspiration <laughs> from Brooke Williams. And I'll give the, the uh, listener <laughs> questions. Well, the listeners, a shout out. That was Mel off Instagram and Nate Williams. And uh, you've covered their questions, which was about uh, <laughs> Monaghetti from Nate. And uh, from Mel was about hearing about the heart conditions. So we are, we've been there. And um, yeah, I guess it's time to wrap it up. And I do thank you again for your time and particularly about those things that I mentioned earlier, Brooke. So yeah, thank you. No, thank you. Thanks so much for having me on. Thanks. Have a great day. Sunday. Enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. If you enjoyed listening to this episode or the local legend in running podcast in general, please jump on Spotify, give it a rating. I'd much appreciate it. Thank you.